Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And today we're so lucky to have Dr. Chris Hefner, who is the Director of Library Services for Lincoln Public Schools, which, for those of you that don't know, we have two single district ESUs in our state. So ESU 18, which is Lincoln Public Schools in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, and also our Omaha Public Schools, ESU 19. And so, yeah, Chris uh, is also the co-chair of the ESU TLT Teaching and Learning with Technology Affiliate here in our ESU network. And so uh, she is just an amazing advocate for librarians statewide and a forward-thinking tech integrationist. And so grateful to have her on the pod today to talk a little bit about school libraries uh, and some great resources that are in development and on their way to helping support our librarians statewide with some of the things that they're able to implement. And so with all of that, a big introduction, sorry, Chris, for all the backstory, but welcome to the podcast. Wow, that was quite an introduction, but thank you so much. Uh, it is my pleasure to be here today, and I'm super excited to talk about some of the things we've been working on. Yeah, I know every time that we run into one another, whether it's at NIDA or an ESU PDO event, uh, it is always great to hear about the amazing things that you're doing and you're always busy and forward thinking, as I mentioned. So thank you so much uh, for joining us for the pod. And for people that don't know you as well uh, as I do, can you give a little bit of your backstory in education? You bet. Well, I just finished my 25th year in Lincoln Public Schools. I started out as an elementary teacher and I got my library endorsement, oh gosh, probably 20 years ago now, and have been lucky enough to serve as the director of library services now for the last five years. And we are kind of a rare district that has been able to maintain library support services for all of our librarians out here. And so I get to provide professional learning and district support and all kinds of great things for our school libraries to make them especially effective in our schools. So it's super fun work. Yeah, well, and I think that maybe segues into uh, one of the things we wanted to set is sort of the backstory behind this initiative, and that is that not every district is as fortunate uh, to employ the number of librarians that LPS has been able to provide consistently across the district for learners and schools. Uh, and so can you maybe speak to statewide where things are with regards to our school librarians? Well, um, currently, our school librarians still fall under Rule 10 accreditation. And so statewide, it is required that every school that's larger than 250 students have at least a part-time librarian. And so we are lucky that the accreditation laws still make sure that every student has access to a library and a librarian. In Lincoln Public Schools, because most of our schools are, well, they're all over 250, uh, we have 39 elementary schools and 20 secondary schools. And so we have librarians at every building. We don't have full-time librarians at every building anymore. And that's been kind of a change in the last decade. Rule 10 says that if you're under 500, then you can have a half-time librarian. And so many of our elementary schools have moved to being half-time library. And then usually they partner that librarian's position up with something else in the school. 
and most commonly uh, it is computer science. So many of our elementary librarians are half-time librarian, half-time computer science teacher. Uh, at the elementary level, almost every one of our librarians is part of the specials rotation, which is part of that plan time coverage for teachers. So kids might go to art one day, PE one day, and library the next for that time when their teachers are having plan time. And we love that. Uh, it used to be kind of the gold standard that a librarian be flexibly scheduled at the elementary level. And we have found in the last decade that if a librarian is not part of the rotation, if they're not scheduled with kids, then our teachers, they don't have time to schedule them. They don't have time to squeeze in library lessons on top of all of the other demands of their curriculum. And so almost all of our librarians are part of that specials rotation, which means they have 50 minutes with students almost every week, either as the librarian or as the computer specialist, if they share that position. Yeah, and today's conversation is really going to be an opportunity, right, for us to discuss and explore some of the resources that LPS has started to put together to add maybe a little bit of uniformity, but not to like speak to the work more than I have knowledge of it, right? Like, but, but a little bit of just shared resources, right? Like for the, these 50 minute windows of time, can you talk a little bit to how LPS is thinking about leveraging those materials for those library portions of time across your district? Yeah, well, let me tell you um, the backstory that you referred to. So like I said, over the last few years, more and more of our elementary librarians have been shifted from full-time to part-time positions. And in some schools, that hasn't been a real neat and tidy transition. And there's not always a great other half for their librarian. And in a few cases, it's led to sticky situations where the librarian might serve kindergarten, first grade, and second grade as part of that specials rotation, but then never see third, fourth, or fifth grade, which is is wrong. There's a lot of skills there in third, fourth, and fifth grade that our kids need from their school librarians. So last summer, I had a principal give me a call, and she was one who had this creative schedule set up for her librarian, and her librarian was never going to see the upper three grade levels. And she just wanted to know what were the skills, the specific skills that her third, fourth, and fifth graders would be missing so that she could try and weave those into classroom instruction instead. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with the approach that the principal was taking with their librarian schedule, but I did appreciate that she valued the skills that the librarian taught and wanted to make sure kids got them they would just get them somewhere else. So I started looking around and I'm like, my gosh, where is the list? Where's the list of everything we teach third graders? Where's the list of everything we teach fourth graders or fifth graders? And as it turned out, we didn't have anything that was detailed and specific, right? We had what we called our essential lessons, which was two or three things we'd make sure a grade level got a year. And then we had some sort of fluffy language around, you know, literacy skills and information and research skills. 
Our librarians teach digital citizenship skills and media literacy, which is all true and all important, but for a principal, that's pretty fuzzy, right? What does that mean? What of that do we need to make sure our third graders get? If they don't get it in the library, what are they missing? And so I was stymied and I felt bad about it, right? I thought, holy smokes, if we can't articulate to principals what exactly our instruction consists of, then they're not going to believe that our instruction consists of much, right? And so I, I was feeling pretty bad about it. And I it was summertime. And I was sitting in my office not long after this conversation, reading through my professional journals. And I found this article about the New York State school library system and how they had built this continuum of information literacy skills. And uh, I recognized some of the authors, Barbara Stripling, the, the former ALA president was one of them. She's kind of a biggie in the library world. And I thought, well, that's swanky. I, I think I'll go take a look at that. And I was flabbergasted. It was exactly, it was like, you know, a gift from the gods. It was exactly what I needed at that moment. The Empire State Library Association had created a continuum of specific library skills, one for K through three, no, K through two, I'm sorry, one for uh, three through five, one for six through eight, and another one for nine through 12. And they are specific detailed skills that uh, librarians teach during their instruction, during those grade levels. And one of the most amazing things about this document is that the New York librarians had put it in the Creative Commons. And they made it very clear that this continuum is anyone's to use. And so I downloaded that baby and I started working on it. And it wasn't exactly what we needed. It wasn't exactly what I needed, but boy, howdy, did it give me a really good foundation to start from. And so this last year, our LPS librarians have taken that piece that was started in New York and have tailored those very, very specific skills and objectives to what we teach at K through two, three through five, six through eight, and nine through 12. And so we've created this document that is very specialized, I think, to the work we do here as librarians in Nebraska. I absolutely love that. That's uh, the, well, first of all, the, the nature of teaching itself is that big borrow and steal, remix and make it your own and fit your context. And uh, it's great to see that in practice. And it is nice. We can have those pieces because sometimes it's tough to get a lot of people around the table and go, what are we trying to do here without having something to point to and go something like this, like this is what we're trying to do. But, but for us, for Nebraska, and it's really encouraging to hear, too, that this is something that, you know, obviously would have its applicability within LPS, but, but also potentially across the state. Uh, and so for people that are listening in, I mean, certainly draw attention to the fact that this could help your librarians in your district. And that's where we're going with this conversation. 
And so I guess my, my first question with this would be, though, once we start to nail some of this down, and you alluded to some of these earlier, right? If we're talking about things like research skills, if we're talking about things like digital citizenship, which certainly uh, are umbrella terms for a myriad of very worthy academic pursuits. Uh, and so help, help us out, I guess, a little bit with giving some context to what those learning objectives, as they have started to materialize as being a little bit more specific than what they once were, what are, what are we talking about here? Absolutely. So first of all, we made the objectives and skills document that, that we've created we've made it very specific. So where we have digital citizenship for grades K through two, we have listed out specific skill by specific skill as what that means for digital citizenship in those grade levels. Uh, It's really important for our administrators to be able to see that document and go, oh, oh, that's what they're teaching. Oh, that's the skill that kids maybe wouldn't get if they didn't have a librarian teaching it. And look, those are important skills. So this document, the objectives document, is every bit as much for our administrators as it is for our librarians to guide their instruction. But we didn't stop there. That was just our first uh, stop in this progression of work. Once we had our objectives pretty clearly defined and we went over them with a fine tooth comb to see what we were missing and maybe what was duplicated in multiple places, then we built a pacing guide of lessons for each grade level so that all of those skills would be taught within those grade bands. So for it, I call, I have a fancy name for it. I call it the lessons at a glance document that we've created. And so it takes a quarterly approach to teaching all of the skills that we want to make sure our librarians touch on during their instruction. So our document looks like kindergarten quarter one. Here are, if our librarians are full-time and and they're part of the rotation, that means they would see a kindergarten class uh, probably 10 to 11 times during a quarter. If they're half-time and they're also teaching computer science, they're seeing those same kids five times as a librarian giving library instruction during a quarter. So we created kindergarten quarter one. Here are 10 lessons if you're a full time librarian, or the most essential five lessons if you're a half-time librarian. Here's kindergarten quarter one. Here's kindergarten quarter two, 10 lessons or five essential lessons. Quarter three, quarter four. We did that for every single grade level to make sure that all of those objectives were covered. And then, this is where it gets so fun and so exciting, Uh, our librarians started to create specific lesson plans to go with each of those quarterly lessons. So for quarter one and second grade, we've got 10 things we're teaching, and we have 10 lesson plans uh, to go with each one of those things. So we're developing a web page that has all of this work connected in it. So you can go to third grade, fourth quarter, 
see all of the lessons. Each lesson has a page with the objectives and any resources you might use to teach the lesson, and then a very clean and clear description of that lesson profile. We're super excited about this work, especially for our novice librarians. You know, our veteran librarians can look at an objective and go, oh yeah, I totally know how to teach this. I've done this. You know, I've got a great idea on how to do this. But our novice librarians, first of all, they don't know where to start, right? So we've given them a pacing guide. And then to loan them the expertise of our veteran librarians with high quality lessons, with recommendations of what books to use, with pre-created graphic organizers and materials, um, pre-created notes that they can send with the classroom teacher saying, here's what I learned in library today. Here are the skills that I could use in the classroom. Everything they need in one place to pull off really high quality instruction. Gosh. And one of the real benefits in addition to, I mean, obviously that's amazing. The whole thing is, is incredible. Uh, when you start to talk about sharing those, for example, with folks that are half time, uh, when do they have the opportunity to build those materials out if the half they have that's allocated to being the school librarian is set for them having a room of students for 50 minutes? Uh, well, they're taking that work either into their computer science time or they, they maybe have a plan period, but that's now split across those two different subject areas, or they're taking a lot of that stuff home with them. And I understand that that's a challenge that all educators face, uh, but, well, but it is certainly, um, it got to be beneficial for those individuals who find themselves split between those different worlds. I think that's exactly the challenge, right? Being a, an instructor as a librarian is a little bit different than a classroom teacher in that the classroom teacher has a prescribed curriculum right? Mm -hmm. Here's the reading curriculum. You teach it like this. Where for as long as I've been a librarian, I kind of knew what I was supposed to teach, what was important, but I made it all up myself. And that's incredibly uh, time-consuming. And the quality of the instruction then is highly dependent on that librarian's uh, experience and life circumstances, and a whole myriad of other things. And so this will, for our new librarians, take a lot of the pressure off of that. Will we still want them to look at a lesson and go, oh, that's a good idea, but I think I can make it better? Yes, we want to make it better. And in the future, hopefully within the website that we build, we'll not just have one lesson plan to teach to this objective, we may have two or three that are really good and well-tested by experienced librarians so that somebody could go in and go, Ooh, I, I love this one. I think I'm going to do this one uh, because we want our librarians to still have that sense of creative instruction, but it is so time consuming to create everything from scratch. And in LPS, I mean, we are we're so lucky because we do have somebody at the district office who's supporting and creating resources and guiding new librarians with what their instruction should look like and sound like. But 
man, oh man, I know that there are incredible librarians across the state who are starving for this kind of support. And one of the things I'm most excited about is being able to share it with those librarians who maybe don't have librarian colleagues to lean on or a district supervisor who has invested in their instruction. And so I think for some of our solitary librarians and certainly for our novice librarians, that this could jumpstart their instruction like no other. And I appreciate that you went to that place as well, speaking to those folks who maybe don't have the same number of partners to plan with, to prep with, to learn from, and to feel pushed by. Uh, I spent the first part of my career as a classroom practitioner uh, kind of working in isolation mostly. And it was great because I could lean into all the things that I loved, my strengths, and certainly grew quite a bit from being able to have the flexibility to pursue those things. But there comes a point as well where, which I learned later in, in my time in the classroom, or being on that team with your PLC uh, or with other people in your department to bounce ideas off of, it pushes you because you go, I'm not really covering that right now, or at least not very well. Or I didn't realize that that had the depth to it that you're allocating to talking about that as a topic. Whereas for me to have covered it <laughs> was uh, maybe, you know, a little bit shallower than this individual now through dialogue had woken me up to understand the potential for that particular uh, objective and skill, et cetera. So uh, I, I think that resources like these, as you said, are not necessarily meant to put a lid on uh, what people are doing, but more so to give people something to lean back on, right? And, and to raise the floor, I think a little bit across a myriad of different topics that these at a glance pacing charts would provide along with those lesson plans. And so I'm going to get back to my question from before though. What, like, can you give me one of those specific lessons? Like what would I anticipate? So let's say that I'm someone who still thinks that librarians are going through or doing Dewey Decimal, and, right? right? Like, like what kinds of topics, I know we alluded to digital citizenship as being one, uh, but what are we learning in, in the library? Well, thanks for pulling me right back to that, Andrew. So I'm looking at my guide right now so I can be specific enough for you. But, you know, we're teaching kids about the specific library databases that they have access to. We're teaching them how to respond to literature. We're teaching them how to create strong passwords for their digital lives. We're teaching them to develop questions that they would be personally and passionately interested in, and then how to find uh, resources that would answer those questions for them. Oh, I don't mean to interrupt here, which is for all inquiry. Like this yes. is going to support your social studies experience. This is going to support your science experience. This is a life skill on top of all those things. Sorry, keep going, but that, I'm really excited yeah. about that. Yeah, you know, we're teaching kids about visual literacy. How do we read graphs and how do we interpret images to pull additional information from those sources? Um, we are teaching them about the Dewey Decimal System and how to find books in the library. Mm. But, you know, well beyond that, too. Uh, we're teaching them how to find authors and series that they will feel personally invested in so that they'll go home and practice their reading skills joyously so that they 
can become really, really good readers. Um, we're teaching them to understand the impact that uh, digital media has on their uh, mental and physical health. And so we are weaving in all sorts of skills. I believe in a scaffold that makes sense and is not disjointed and can deliver the content in concise bites so that we have time to do it within our 50 minutes uh, once a week. But the, the specific skills are varied. What I love about the pacing guide, though, is I can hand it to a principal and say, this is what we teach. Here's the skills. And this is the lessons. This is what we teach. And man, it makes sense to them, Ben, that there are important lessons and it's, it's not fluffy and it's not fuzzy sort of extras that kids are getting at school. It's important content. And our kiddos will be better citizens, better adults, better community members when they have these skills. And that's not just in Lincoln, that's across the state. We're invested in those skills across the state for our kids, which is why we need to have high quality librarians with time to give this instruction to students. Well, and, and I've been wearing my classroom teacher hat a lot in this conversation today, but I... I would also appreciate this knowledge as a colleague, as a classroom teacher, uh, to understand exactly what my students are bringing in their experience backpack right, to, uh, to the classroom when it comes to some of these topics. Because in every class, you'll have a few students that'll go, I think we've done something like this before, or I remember we did this before you know, in library, but you'll have just about as many students that'll go, we have never done any of this work before. I have no idea what you're talking about with this. This, uh, it, It's good to know that you can go, actually, you got it in kindergarten and first grade and second grade and remember, oh yeah, okay. You know, and, and you- Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, tap into that prior knowledge and hold kiddos accountable for the things that they have had exposure to in those learning experiences. And, and to know that you don't have to start from square one with some of those. Uh, and, and I think too, also finding ways, and this is maybe a secondary perspective, uh, but as you said, these pacing guides would go all the way up to that 912 ban. It is helpful for me too, to know what I can call upon our school librarian to come in in support of when it does make sense. Like we're just talking about with social studies. If I know that my school librarian has materials and a lesson on how to craft a question, why not co-teach, collaborate, or break into groups uh, during those times? I don't, I'm getting excited. I told you. Absolutely. And to clarify, we've created the skills and objectives for all of those grade bands. In this first year, we focused on K through five for the pacing guides and the lessons. And so more of that will be happening. Um, secondary is a little bit harder to nail down the timing mm -hmm. because classroom teachers do it different. And there's so many different uh, courses that kids have the option to take or not take. So we're having to approach that a little bit differently. And stay tuned because we're working on it. We're just not there yet for our secondary. Yeah. Well, I guess I bring it up to say that I can see the applicability in that context as well as those resources come about. Uh, because I, I always appreciated the opportunity to lean on our school librarians as a teacher 
uh, and co-teach with them for the expertise that they bring to those conversations and the student support. So, oh, Chris, I'm so excited about all of this. It's really great to learn about the amazing things that are going on there uh, in Lincoln Public Schools slash ESU 18, which I always try to bring up uh, and draw attention to. But uh, Chris, what have we not talked about with regards to this topic as our conversation winds a little bit to a close here uh, that you'd like to make sure that people are aware of? You know, we talked a little bit about Rule 10 at the beginning of our conversation. And last year we were, librarians were in a pretty precarious spot. As the revised Rule 10 was being presented to the state, librarians were being written out of that. And the requirement for school librarians was um, being written out. And that's pretty alarming. We know that if a school district isn't required to have a librarian, then the chances of them cutting that position uh, is pretty high, right? However, I believe that if we as state librarians can communicate to our school administrators the specific objectives that we teach to, and provide them documents that show the specific kinds of lessons that we're giving our students, the instruction that we're providing, then that holds a lot of power and really helps redefine the work of the school librarian as essential. We need to be essential. If we want to protect and maintain our status in our school districts as um, something that the state invests in, then we need to be essential. And so I, I, I just think the more clarity we can provide about what we teach and how we teach it, the easier it will be for us to protect that in the future. Gosh, well, and I, I hope uh, that as we continue to have podcasts that draw attention to the great work that's going on uh, by our school librarians statewide, the importance that that has uh, for those kiddos' future and the myriad of ways in which that will feed into them finding additional success, I think, in your core classes, uh, but also just across their entire learning experience. These are skills that translate. And so I'm really Grateful for your advocacy today, uh, for finding ways to bring greater intentionality around the efforts for us statewide to uh, make sure that we're hitting all those notes uh, and working on, uh, you know, this is just a story about being better together. And so thank you for sharing right? and, and all the time that it takes to not just do this in a silo, but in a way that's going to uh, really have a wide impact. Thank you, Andrew. And I do hope that librarians in different pockets across the state will um, take a look at this work and understand that just like I stumbled upon it from the New York Library Association, uh, it's theirs to take, to use as is, or to revise and to tailor to their specific districts uh, or schools that they serve. And so it's share and share alike in this business. And we're happy that we can offer that to some of our colleagues. That's terrific. And I know uh, you shared before we start recording today, the address home.lps.org slash libraries, and then another forward slash there afterwards. Uh, We're going to put that in the show notes. And as these materials become available, be promoting that through the ESUCC site and some of our socials. And so really just trying to make sure that we create as many avenues as possible for people to find their way to this work. And uh, last thing I'll say, Chris, and I would imagine also as you alluded to a moment ago, should people find 
that they have taken some of these lessons and remixed them or, or changed them or created an alternative, uh, I would encourage them to reach back out, right? Uh, and, Absolutely. Yeah, and pay it back word forward. Yeah, <laughs> we are, just like you said, Andrew, we are so much stronger together. And our hope is that um, this resource gets better and better and better as we roll it out. And so please, if you have any questions or want to talk about it or just are curious about uh, different aspects of it, you can Google me, find me at LPS. Uh, I will love to talk to anyone about it and happily direct you to any of the resources that you're struggling to find. But also if you do, if you're looking at a lesson and you're like, oh man, I've got a great book or I've got a great lesson that would do this. Oh, share it with us and we will add it to our resources so that they become richer and richer as uh, we roll forward. Well, Chris, thank you so much for all the time, effort, energy that you poured into this and for sharing out about it on the podcast with us today. It is a pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah.